Morning all, it is Monday, it's March 4, this is the Big Sports Breakfast on Sky Sports Radio, I'm Radio Tab, a very good morning to you wherever and however you are listening, Loz will be back on Wednesday as he makes the trip back from Vegas, we're underway, season 2024, Manly 36, the Bunnies 24, and the Roosters, 20 to 10 over the grand finalists, the Brisbane Broncos, 40,746 were there at Allegiant Stadium. It was great viewing. The atmosphere really felt like it came across on the TV. We're underway. The Aussies won the cricket. The AFL starts this week. It is all happening. And uh, great to have Adam Pengilly with us. And of course, Pup. How are you, Pup? Morning, boys. Uh, I'm well, thank you. I'm off to an absolute flyer with my tips in the rugby league in the NRL. You did the Roosters two. as well, did you? Oh, no, none from two. I'm none from right, two. Okay. I went, the, uh, <laughs> went the Rabbits and the Bronx, so nothing changes uh, over a 12-month period. I'm still hopeless. Love the footy. Um, congratulations to the NRL. What a huge success. Um, I, I know we a lot of eyes were on how many people were going to, to turn up to the game. But I just think the whole event was done exceptionally well. Um, obviously, first game of the season as well. I, I'd, I'd missed the footy. I'm ready for footy to be back on the TV. So uh, it came at a great time. Uh, and well done to the Aussies as well, beating New Zealand over there in a in a pretty good test match. New Zealand, I guess, starting that last day were... Um, they're going to have to play out of their skins to to chase those runs in their second innings with this, the Australian attack and the ball spinning and bouncing in Nathan Lyon, as I thought before that test match. If there's any sort of spin and bounce in the tracks over there, he's going to separate the two teams. He's going to be the difference. But yeah, a uh, a good test victory, another good test victory. And a week back from Manchester, Adam Pegulli. Good morning to you, mate. Great M- to have you in. Morning, Mino. Morning, Clarky. Morning, everyone. Uh, just echo Clarky's thoughts. Love the footy yesterday. Although I went two from two, Mino. I tipped Manly and the Roosters went for two upsets, and um, but it's a long season, Clarky. There's a lot. There's a lot of games to go. Oh, so, oh no, I generally start how I finish. <laughs> <laughs> My tipping was very, very ordinary last year, so I need to try and turn it around. But you got to say, well done to the NRL, Mido. Yeah. That was a, a great first venture into Vegas. It could be nothing but class of success after the first year. I thought the forty thousand on TV came through really well yeah. on our screens back home in Australia here. And no doubt, hopefully next year they can build on that and maybe get forty-five or fifty thousand. Mm. So, a big box tick for the first uh, foray over to the United States, and let's just hope they can keep building on it year on year because that's going to be the crucial thing. They need to try and monetize it now and mm. make sure they can get some money back into the game rather than obviously in, um, getting a, a small loss on this year's venture. And just for I guess a lot of people sitting at home yesterday, there would have been a bit of the FOMO factor involved. Yeah, people definitely. going when our for team, sure. particularly yeah. you know fans going when our team's going, we're going. Yes. Yeah, how many husbands said that to their wives yesterday? <laughs> how many wives said it to their husbands? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I reckon there would have been a lot of FOMO mm. as well, even for people that were 50-50 or, um, you know, if you had a mate. Like, we obviously have losses over there, so I've been speaking to him. And as we heard last week on radio, everything about just being in Vegas in the lead-up um, – he said it felt like something he's never experienced before in his career, whether that be as a player or broadcaster. So that's a massive call. And then listening to all the commentary uh, before kickoff, you could, you could actually hear the emotion. Or like listen mm. to Gordon Tallis talk, or um, you know some of the other guys, boys that were on uh, Braith and Astor on Fox. They, they were quite emotional about. It. I think I think from a anyone that's been involved in rugby league. You take a part of that and feel that success, and you feel a part of it as well. Mm. So, I thought it was brilliant. I thought they so many doubters, you know, before it all happened. Uh, Understandably, and fair, yeah, because it's something that's it's so different. It's a massive risk, huge risk. But uh, yeah, I thought every single part of it was done brilliantly. And and again, the shop front window, the actual football was awesome. Mm. Well, we had four quality teams over there, and you know there were two intriguing contests: uh, the Manly Souths game, a lot of points scored, thirty-six twenty-four, twenty to ten. The Roosters and the Bronx, you know, that game was in the balance uh, after Reese Walsh scored that try in the second half, and then it was James Tedesco putting Victor Radley over late that sealed it. James Tedesco, 
was outstanding yesterday, Adam. How good, Mido? He he played like he had a point to prove, didn't he, really? really like, did. There's so much talk over the off-season, particularly with a new Origin coach coming in, Michael Maguire. Will he keep his spot for State of Origin 1 this year? Well, on that evidence there we saw yesterday, it's it's hard to say. No, yes, we've still got a long way to go, obviously, until we choose those teams in a couple of months' time. But he just looked like he was a bit more refreshed and, and back mm. to his usual self, I, I thought, Teddy. And... Joey Manu, like, what a loss he's going to be for the NRL when he leaves at the end of this year. Like, his performance was phenomenal there. On a limited preparation as well, don't forget. Like, I just... Trent Robinson made some comments after the game saying that if his partner had had the baby one day later... He wouldn't have come. He wasn't coming. Mm. He was staying at home in Australia. So, I bet he's pretty glad that that baby arrived when it did because... Um, he oh, was, I bet the Roosters are pretty good. Well, <laughs> he, he was almost a difference, wasn't he, there, Clarkie? That, that flick pass was phenomenal. And I know there's some question marks about whether it went forward or not, but just the skill was just outrageous. And we're going to wait and see which teams go to Vegas next year, Mido. How many teams are you going to put in there? How many clubs are putting up their hands oh, to, to go now. to Vegas now? Again, the fear of missing out. They want to cash in. And, and next year will be bigger. Surely. It has to be, yeah. Surely. Like I said, the amount of people who watched that yesterday and just went, we're going. We are going. Simple as that. And uh, clubs will be in the same boat. Well, They would have w- looked at that going, let's go. Let's cash in now. I think the NRL wants to make a call very, very quickly, like within the next month or two, okay. to try and give people the chance to book their tickets Great in advance. Idea. They save should. up yeah. the money. Yeah. yeah. So, like if I'm a betting man, and obviously I am, I'm saying that Penrith would be a very wow. good chance of going next year, given what's going on with their home ground in 2025 and the three-time defending premiers. Oh, they'll be going. You'd think they're going as a, as a home team. Yeah. I'd imagine Melbourne would be very close to going as well mm. because they were part of the, the crew that put up their hand for this year and and didn't get it. And then the other two teams, who knows? Maybe the Raiders with that connection with the Las Vegas Raiders. We'll see. But there are going to be a lot of clubs keen to go next year. No doubt about that. And uh, I mentioned James Tedesco setting up the ceiling try in the Roosters-Brisbane game. And what about the sealer in the Manly Souths game or at least a try at the end? Uh, Luke Brooks who mostly played very, very well yesterday. There was that pass over the sideline. I'd argue the winger was actually a bit sleepy-looky. Jackson Palo. Yeah, yeah. I did see that play, Mido. I think he was hanging back a bit because Turbo was coming around the back and he might Mm. have thought the ball was going to Turbo first. But you're right. I don't think he was quite ready for what Luke Brooks was was offering. But he just seemed like the weight of the world was off his shoulders mm. yesterday, didn't it? Like, it just, he was running the ball, which is what you want to see Luke Brooks do. He's, he's not a great... Well, he's not an elite organising halfback, let's put it that way. And playing in that team with Daly Cherry Evans and Turbo and whatever else, they, he just looked like he was a free man again yesterday. And there was a couple of times they combined. I don't know if you noticed it, Mido. It was Cherry Evans to Brooks, inside ball to Trebojevic. And I thought, mm. oh, this combination's got <laughs> some real potential this they year. They stay fit. Look yeah. out. Yeah, uh, they could be a team this year. They were everyone. Oh, feels like every second person's bolter team this year, and and they proved that yesterday. The Roosters have been hard in the market. Uh, they proved their worth yesterday as well. But uh, you know, South and Brisbane, and we'll we'll talk about them. It's round one, uh, and you know, there's always going to be, I guess, a little bit of a post mortem for the teams that lose because there's a longer period until their next game as well. And we've had the unsavoury allegation against Spencer Lenu as well, which we'll get into uh, throughout the morning also. But, uh, yeah, Ezra Mam, he has accused Lenu of calling him a monkey. And a formal complaint was made. Uh, this occurred with just more than 10 minutes left in the game. So it's on report. And apparently Mam had to be consoled after the match. So that just goes straight to match review, doesn't it? It's you would on, think so, Mido. The, yeah, the match review committee will look at that now and then they'll come up with their findings. They obviously will can just refer it straight to the judiciary if they feel like there, there needs to be a judiciary hearing. So just given the teams are coming back from Vegas, I just I, if it does go to the judiciary, I don't know how long that would take. It, you'd imagine it's going to be a delayed process because ordinarily if that happened in a game in Australia on the weekend... Yeah, probably not till next week. Yeah, it would be judiciary on Tuesday night straight away yeah. if that happened in Australia. But unfortunately, the team's going to be travelling back... So this process will be delayed a little bit, you would have thought. So they do it Wednesday night, could they? Oh, they make an exception. I don't know. They're not playing next week, right? So they've got got a week up their sleeve, essentially, those four teams from Vegas. So they might hold it over until early next week. I don't know. I I, I don't know the answer to that question. But given they've got the time zone difference and the travel, I'd imagine this will be playing out for a few days yet. Uh, The racing over the weekend and uh, the three group ones, think it over. Winning the very elegant stakes, Tropical Squall won the surround. 
and Southport Tycoon down south winning the Australian Guineas at a decent price as well with Jamie Carr in the saddle uh, there. Just about a year too since she had that horrendous mm. fall. So quite was it a... the Australian Guineas meeting, Mino? I'm pretty I sure she had that falls. I think it was. Yeah, nearly exactly 12 months. So certainly, you know, a nice win for her considering that. But think it over. There was some, you know, talk about fangirl. I think all honours with the winner. What a horse. Like, seriously. What underrated, a horse. isn't it? He is so underrated, Mido. And when you see a horse do a tendon injury, you think, okay, first of all, it's going to be very unlikely they race again. Or it's, it's definitely 50-50 at, the, at, at best. But if they do come back to race, you, you don't have high expectations for him. What's, what's he won? Two group ones now? Three. Since he's come back, I was talking about since, oh, he's, since, since he's come, come back. Sorry, since two, he's come back two. from that injury, correct. Like yeah. Kerry Parker is such an underrated trainer. Yeah, I don't know what you think about him, but oh, like he, he he's gone. What he does with his horses in the, in that small team down there at Kembla is just phenomenal. And Nashrilla obviously weighed up the track. He thought, you know, they're all going down the outside. I don't think the inside's that bad. Took the shortcuts and it's the shortest way home. I don't, I don't think Fangirl was that bad. Middle in defeat, mm. to be fair, she had a, a lot of ground to make up, and I thought she hit the line. No, okay. It was really good. Yeah, I thought it was good. I thought it was good. It's just maybe our expectations were raised a little bit too much after her first up win in the Apollo when she she won with a leg in there like she was Winx. Um, she ain't no Winx, put it that way. She's a very, very good horse, but she's not Winx. She shouldn't have been a dollar thirty. It's easy in hindsight to say that, <laughs> isn't course. it? Really, um, I, I would have thought a dollar sixty dollar seventy was a fair price. A dollar thirty was a, bit, a little bit ridiculous, wasn't it? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, we mentioned it. Australia beating New Zealand by one hundred and seventy-two runs in the first test in Wellington. Cameron Green, player of the match, while Nathan Lyon having a, a huge hand as well, taking ten for the match, including six for sixty-five in the second innings. New Zealand bowled out for one hundred and ninety-six on day four. They were chasing three hundred and sixty-nine for victory. Uh, Captain Pat Cummins defended the batters, Clarky, saying it's very clear they're the best six in the country, and he dismissed any doubt over Marnus Labashain's place in the side. And he's just going through a, a rut. There's no doubt about that with Marnus. But uh, we just seem to have enough players, or at least someone just you know sort of standing up and plugging the holes. Yeah. But it's always difficult over in New Zealand Mate, in those it's conditions, about winning. isn't it? It's about winning. Mm. Like that, that, that's why Paddy... I, th- I think Paddy's handled that beautifully. I, I think he supported his team. Um, and while you're winning, it's, that's not hard to do. That, that is smart captaincy. That is great leadership. That, you know, you, you, wanna, you want your players to know that you've got their back. Um, he, the, the, the only message that comes out of that press conference that helps the team is that... Pat Cummins supports hmm. Marnus Labuschagne, and, and Marnus needs that at the moment. He's yeah, he's not making the runs he would like, and he's. I'm sure it's not lack of training or lack of hard work. He works extremely hard, and he's a brilliant player. He's he's nicking him at the moment. So, yeah. but you don't average over fifty in Test cricket for no reason. You don't be the number one Test batsman in the world for no reason. He's a very good player. He bats in a hard position, probably the hardest in that number three position in Test cricket. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, I, of course, it's a result-driven world that we live in. He needs to be making runs. But from my perspective, it's a no-brainer. He's still the best guy for number three. Uh, he's still in our top six batsmen. Um, he'll do the work. And I've got no doubt that around the corner will be 100 and he'll be back into it. But it happens to just about everyone. The longer you play, the more you're going you're gonna to experience both. You're going to have a, a stellar year and go, wow, every ball feels like it's hit in the middle. And then you're going to have other times where you feel like there's 40 fielders out there and you can't make a run. What about that 10th wicket partnership? I think it was Friday morning. Hazelwood. Uh, 116 yeah, between Hazelwood and Cameron Green. Cameron Green, what a test match Brilliant, for him. Brilliant. Outstanding. 174 yeah. not out. He made 30, I think, in the second, 34 in the second dig. Uh, took a wicket there for Australia as well. An outstanding test match for him. But there's nothing worse, is there, in the field as a captain, Clarky, when... The tenth wicket partnership. I tell you what, one hundred and sixteen. Well, that's you know that's game over. That's game over. Yeah, I tell you what else is frustrating mm. when the night watchman makes a few. What did Lino get? Forty-seven top score. Yeah, that's all, <laughs> that that, that hurts as well as a captain, as a fielding captain. So forty-one, yeah, he made the two tail enders, the, the two bowlers, Hazelwood and yeah. Lino, um, played significant roles with the bat as well as with the ball. Lino was magnificent with oh. the ball, but. Um, yeah, that hurts when you can't get number 11 out. You've worked so hard to uh, get Australia into a position. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. When you look back at the game, if New Zealand bowled the right length after winning the toss and sending them in, yeah. they have the opportunity to bowl Australia out for 220. 
And what do we make? Three, three, eighty-three. It's game over. If you do not, if you do not bat out of your skin in the first innings, you're in deep trouble. And there was enough grass on that pitch that that's what I'll say. If Australia bowled on day one with the attack they have, I, I don't think New Zealand make two twenty. And it showed when Australia got the chance to bowl on that wicket in New Zealand's first innings. You know, it was extremely hard for them to play. They bowled the right length. They pitched the ball up. Yes, not every ball was pitched up. They used their bouncer. They used back of a length. But they pitched the ball up to get nicks. Um, and the wicket spun as well. The more the test went on, the more it played into Australia's hand with, you know, Nathan Lyon being, you know, the difference. But it, not, not, Nathan Lyon's not the only difference, but a significant difference between the two teams. Oh, definitely. Igus maybe all over the front pages today. American Beauty, there's Ruben Garrick crossing, crossing on the front page of the Daily Telegraph. NRL rolls the dice on Vegas with the Roosters running out. Is the front page of the Sydney Morning Herald, front page of the Courier Mail, the Hangover USA event, a triumph, but Broncos hoping form stays in Vegas. Uh, is the headline there. So stacks of coverage for what was a great day for the game. As I mentioned, the crowd, 40,746. They wanted 40,000. They got it. Uh, but everything around the event as well. And, and on a difficult day weather-wise there in Vegas, apparently the wind gusts were around 100 k's an yeah. hour. And you saw some people, some vision of people walking to the stadium. It looked very uncomfortable. All I can say is, Mido, lucky they were playing in an indoor stadium mm. because imagine if they tried to play the game outdoors in you know, 70, 80 kilometre hour wind gusts. It'd be, a, it'd be a horrible spectacle to be fair. So uh, I think the NRL actually had to change their plans to try and get the fans into the ground early. So they had to open up the ground a little bit earlier to try and get them in outside, out of the elements. But it just goes to show what, um, what a state-of-the-art stadium looks like and what it can do for a sporting, sporting event. I wish we had something like that in Sydney. Well, front page... Uh, as well inside the uh, Daily Telegraph. The sky is no limit, and Bulldog has got a story here. Uh, bombshell plan for stadium roof at Homebush, and uh, talking about how one of the uh, New South Wales government ministers there, the sports minister, in fact, Steve Camper, was there, and it's something they'll look at. And we do in Sydney. Uh, we do need a, a roofed stadium, for sure. I know this is a political issue. and uh, it's just money, isn't it? Oh, it is. It is, but, you know... You can see the benefit of them looking at Allegiant Stadium, looking at Marvel Stadium, obviously in Melbourne as well. And naturally, that'll bring. Well, there's a picture of Beyonce here on the front page. Do, do we have. Well, I guess the Taylor Swift concert's probably a fair example. I was going to say, do we have bad enough weather where. You know, when was the last time a game of rugby league was caught off in Sydney? No, I can't remember one, Clarky. The that's, worst, that's the a, worst one I can remember was that that Sharknado game at, at Shark Park yeah. between oh, yes. Cronulla and South. Yeah. Did, yes. Didn't they play on a Monday night yeah, or something yeah, like was. that? Many, many yeah. years ago, yeah. that was absolutely oh. awful. That that day, um, that. Yeah. but but then things like 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 I say, Taylor Swift that concert that yes. postponed that, didn't they? So you know, there's other events I guess they're using the stadiums for these days. It, yeah, I guess it, it makes it makes sense, but I think we're I think we're very, that's another area we're very different to America. Like generally, our weather is like yeah, we get some rain, but yeah, we're not getting the storms that they're getting. You're right, you're right. But if you go to a concert, don't you want to know that you're going to be dry and 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 yeah. at a concert yeah. in, in, in a in well, a, in any event, you'd prefer that, wouldn't well, you? Well, it's true. But sports, sport, you play, you play in the element sport. But yeah. I'm, I'm talking about more for concerts and stuff like that. Yeah. You go to a stadium, you you'd like to think you're going to be dry and be able to. You know, pop along, do whatever you do in 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 the without the the fear of the elements, I suppose. And what's the numbers? You know, what are they talking about? How many how many billion to, to put a roof <laughs> on a stadium? Like, because at the end of the day, that's why we haven't got it, right? Yeah, that's the only yeah. reason. But how the much cost. money we've already spent, Clarky, on stadiums yeah, in true. Sydney? How much money we've already yeah, spent, and we still don't have a roof? Yep, true. <laughs> on on any big major stadium. Yeah, uh, we don't know, Mike. Bank Mike's text in morning, gents. Do we know what the US TV audience was yet? Not yet. Uh, next couple of days, they, I believe that will come well, through. But that's what that's what they're after. And Andrew Abdo are looking after. closely. Well, the, the, the funny story there, Mido, was is that it got delayed on Fox Sports One ah, in America yes. because they were watching a college basketball game, which went into overtime. Yeah. So they didn't actually join. The coverage didn't join the Souths and Manly game until about the 16 or 17th mm. minute mark. Which was so, just when Jason Saab took off and got ankle tapped by yes, uh, Ilias. Ilias. Yeah. So that, that's a great introduction for the, yeah. the audience to see something like that happen yeah. straight away. Think, oh, wow, what's this sport? But 
I think they would have preferred to have <laughs> the yeah. audience from kickoff. So yeah. that's going to be the key to this venture. I know we talk about the crowd and all that sort of stuff, but they need eyeballs on TV and they need people parting with their hard-earned cash to, to gamble on NRL. Bold Eagles is the back page of the Sydney Morning Herald, and there is Luke Brooks celebrating that try. Let's overreact. Sea Eagles. <laughs> sea Eagles. I had them fourth. I'm very confident. <laughs> Top four for me. But they're, like you say, they've just got to stay fit and healthy. But that combo with Turbo hunting around the middle yeah. with Cherry Evans and Brooks. Oh. I saw, it, I saw, and Ola Kawatu as well. Yeah, he looked He's crazy. a handful. And he... It, he just if he does that week in week out, he's a walk up star for New South Wales, and and he's something different mm. to really threaten Queensland. Do you know who else I was impressed by? I mean, a bit more low profile. Nathan Brown off the bench it was great. I thought he was he was, superb. he was fantastic. Wasn't he running me? hard? He was running hard. One or Making two little big, offloads, big meters. If he can get rid of the penalties and that other stuff from his game, he's going to be a really valuable pickup for Manly on, on not much money as well this year. So. Yeah, I don't know about Manly. I, I, I look at their squad, and I think, geez, this is a really handy squad. They, if they can stay fit, particularly Turbo, obviously they're they're bound for the finals. Um, and you know, another overreaction. I saw some people before the start of the season saying that Luke Brooks might win the Dally M, <laughs> which I think is a bit going a bit too far. There's a story going a bit too far, but he he did look the part yesterday, didn't he? Jason Saab, a hamstring injury. So there you go. Well, he's going to be out for a while. You would have thought the way he pulled up. You yeah. know, Clarky, Hammy's Hammy's a Hammy's. Didn't look good. Yeah. Um, he wanted his American contract, didn't he? And he showed him to run fast, but he, he's buggered his hammy in the process. So he'll be out, I'd imagine, for a few weeks at least. What a game ra- yeah. round two. Uh, they've got the Roosters. So the two winners from Vegas face each other in round two. Uh, he called me a monkey. We've already spoken about this racial slur claim Mars Vegas venture. So we'll wait to see what comes out of this. Uh, you'd expect a judiciary hearing after... Well, a formal complaint was made by Ezra Mam claiming or accusing Spencer Lenyu of calling him a monkey. Uh, Mana safe despite slump, says Cummins, and uh, also on the back page of the telly as well, gazumped. Lion can break Warns Aussie wickets record uh, is the headline there. So he's up to 527. He can't Warn- get there, Clark. He can't. Warnie 708. That's at least another, what, four or five years, isn't it? Or three, four years. Depends on, they're probably playing less tests now. They're probably playing 10 test matches a year now. Used to be 15, yeah, It's going to be hard. So. He'll be in his 40s, you would think. Uh, look, the, the only thing about... But I don't think he's... Re- I reckon he's playing in his 40s. Lionel will be able to bowl. He'll be able to bowl till he can't walk. The problem is, <laughs> as you get old, like little things like uh, if he's chasing a ball and blows a calf out. Well, the ashes, like, obviously. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah can happen as you get older, those soft um, tissue, injuries. tissue injuries. Yeah, so I think that's more going to be Lino's concern. Um, but he's only playing one format of the game, like for Australia. He's not playing one-day cricket or 2020 cricket. He bowls spin. He's pretty lean and fit. Like, he's fit enough now to do his job. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. I, if he If he wants – that's the other thing as well. Like, he's got a family as well. Does there, mm. does there come a stage where you – well, we're all different. He, he he might he might just love it so much and wants to keep going. But if that's his if that's his goal, then it's gonna. I still think it's gonna take him. It's gonna take him some time. Oh, I think at least another four years. You would have thought. Yeah. To to get what is it? One hundred seventy odd wickets. He needs another hundred eighty wickets. He needs to catch. Um, yeah, about hundred eighty. Catch Warnie. That's hundred eighty two. That's still a lot of wickets. That's a lot of wickets. Yep. Yep, but he's bowling well at the moment, that's for sure. So, yeah, and they, I think he's, I think what Lino's, yes, he gets spin and bounce, but he, he's worked out a lot of the batters. You have a, you have like a blind spot where you're batting that middle and leg stump line, certainly from around the wicket, or you sort of feel a bit cramped. There's not much you can do. You can't go anywhere. Like he's, he's having a leg slip a lot, bat pad leg side, and he's bowling into that position where a batter, hasn't really got much to do. So even watching the other day, I reckon a lot of batsmen have got to come stay leg side of the board in eighth and line. Either bat on leg stump mm. when he goes around the wicket or even give yourself room, step back to allow him to bowl into an area where you can free your arms. Mm. Because he's cramping you when you've got a field set there. Guys haven't... He's hard to sweep because he gets extra bounce. Mm. So as soon as you're playing with a straight bat in that position... Mm. You can only really bunt it to those two fielders. Yeah. So, but this is the part of, of sport, right? Like bowlers are looking every day at the batters mm. to try and work them out. B- 
batters are now got to look at Nathan Lyon in this Australian team, mm. like you do Mitchell Stark, like you do Josh Hazelwood, mm. Pat Cummins, and you've got to find a way. And at the moment, looking at watching New Zealand the other day, they were just... It was money for jam. Lino just did exactly what felt comfortable, and they just did exactly what he thought they were going to do. Yes, 13-53-53 is the number for heroes and villains this morning. And just your Premier League overnight, and Phil Moss will be on later this morning, the Manchester Derby, and we've got Adam Pengilly, if you're just tuning in, filling in for Loz this morning. And he's a big Manchester United man. And... uh, us Liverpool fans needed them last night. Needed them just once. You were cheering for us, Mido. Yes. <laughs> That's a first. <laughs> that is a first. And they led 1-0. Rashford scored early. It was uh, still 1-0 up until the 56th minute. And then it was the Manchester City show. As Foden scored a double. Haaland scored in stoppage time. So City have won the Manchester derby 3-1. Uh, which means City and Liverpool go into their... Enormous match at Anfield next weekend, Monday morning our time, uh, with Liverpool one point ahead of City on the table with 10 games left. Oh, huge game next week. Massive, massive uh, permutations for that game, Mido. Arsenal are still hanging around in the title race, aren't they, as well? So Definitely. The last couple of years, it's been a bit boring with Manchester City sort of running away with it, but hoping it's going to go right down to the wire this year. And um, unfortunately, my mob will not be anywhere involved. No. Uh, in the A-League yesterday, a couple of 3-2 results. Wellington Phoenix over Adelaide United and Brisbane Raw beat Melbourne Victory. And, of course, uh, the big derbies on Saturday evening. The Mariners 1-0, excuse me, 1-0 over Newcastle. Uh, that game at McDonald Jones Stadium. And uh, Sydney FC 4-1 over the Wanderers at Combank Stadium. Uh, and uh, there was a bit of crowd issues as well, uh, and we'll speak to Mossy about that. It's a bit of a crowd issue. I saw, was I think it was a Manly fan uh, with, uh, well, with blood over their face at Elysian Stadium yesterday uh, as well. But Mossy later this morning, we'll go through everything that we saw in football over the weekend. Uh, also, the golf this morning, the Cognizant Classic. Eric Van Royen uh, was the leader from South Africa, in that, in the PGA Tour. And yet, the South African one shot ahead after he was eight under through 11 holes on the day. Minwoo Lee uh, is in this uh, in with a shout. In fact, play suspended. Uh, hence, I was not seeing the scores move in this, but uh, play suspended at the moment. But Minwoo Lee, who hasn't teed off, is 10 under par. So he's four shots off the pace but play suspended in that event at the moment. And in the Live Tour event, uh, Joaquin Neiman has won by four shots, who, of course, won the Australian Open, didn't he? He did. Yep. yep. Uh, he won by four shots over Louis Oosthuizen and Charles Schwartzel. Uh, and uh, Cameron Smith was a fair way back, one under par, along with Mark Leishman in that Live event in South Africa as well. Uh, in South Africa, Saudi Arabia. Okay. We're going to the States. Loz is joining us. How are you, Loz? Hey, Mido. How are you, boys? Um, wow. Where do you want to start? A great spectacle yesterday. I couldn't believe my eyes. I was blown away. Uh, it was very special to be a part of and just sitting in that stadium to see how far the game of rugby league has come was quite phenomenal. So what blew you away? Just everything. The amount of people that turned up, um, the amount of people that obviously travelled, the stadium itself, the way that the players performed, um, the environment that was created on the day and the week. Uh, it was just something that you felt very privileged to be a part of. And, you know, rugby league's a tough game. Um, and I think a lot of people who watched it yesterday for the first time would have fallen in love with it. There was a lot of Australians there. They all got on really well. They created a wonderful atmosphere and you couldn't wrap the game enough. Mm. Uh, morning, Loza. Uh, buddy, there's a lot to talk about the size of the ground. Um, for, again, watching from TV, it didn't seem like it had much impact on the game at all. It seemed like the boys just found a way to make it work and um, and played their natural game. Is that how it felt over there? It did. It, it felt like there was some space created on the outside, although a lot of um, defences were very compressed when you when you looked at the, the way they, they lined up in defence. Uh, but somehow they were able to establish you know, good momentum through the ruck and through the middle of the field, which created the space on the edge. And I think the fact that 
it's the first game of the season. Uh, a lot of guys got a bit tired. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it just just created that space because of the fatigue. But it, it, they were both wonderful games, and there was a lot of people here supporting it. Uh, there was some good football played. There were some tough and brutal hits um, that our game has, um, and that was on display yesterday. So full credit to all four teams that were involved. Loz, what's the talk amongst the other clubs about wanting to come back in, in 2025? I'd imagine that most of the chief executives over there are putting their hand up to, to have their club play over there next year. Well, I don't think too many of them would have been... Well, I think, sorry, I think too many... A lot of them would have been surprised with the way that the week has gone down over here. Uh, yes, there would have been things that they can improve on, which they'll learn for next year, but the CEOs that were there at the ground last night, I'd be surprised if they didn't want their team to be a part of it next year and in the years to come because it was it was something we haven't seen before um, and we were unsure of how many people were going to turn up into the stadium. We were unsure of how it was going to look on TV. We were unsure about a lot of things, how the players had handled the week, and, you know, their 10 days over here. Um, but it all came together as only we can do in Australia and we pulled it off. Um, and I reckon... All CEOs want to be a part of it now. Um, it was a terrific vibe walking to the stadium. Um, it was difficult conditions, and we were lucky we were actually playing uh, with a roof over the over the head because it was quite windy. Um, but walking to the ground, but just to see the stream of people walking to the stadium, um, and all very patriotic. They all had their colours on. They were all sort of getting on well together. It just, you felt very proud to be Australian. So to answer your question, Adam, I'd be stunned if any CEO didn't want their team to be a part of this. And did you, you know, meet any Americans, Laws, who were there on the day? We obviously wait to see what the TV ratings on Fox Sports 1 uh, were. Uh, but uh, just anecdotally, did you come across any Americans come, going to the game? I'll give you three different scenarios. You know, I was walking through the Bellagio Hotel yesterday. And what about this? Two guys from Tennessee yep. stopped me. And they asked for an autograph and a photo. And they had travelled over to Tennessee. So they were born in Tennessee, American parents. They came out to Australia a couple of years ago, watched the game, and just started following it when they came back. So they'd made the trip across. Then I saw a game at... Uh, a guy at the football from Houston, Texas, uh, again, born uh, in Texas, discovered the game. He flew across to watch it. Um, he just can't believe that it's not popular over here in the NFL, uh, in, the, uh, in Vegas in America, and, and obviously wanted uh, brought a group of mates uh, along. Um, so they're starting to get into it. And then there was an Aussie bloke that I'd met uh, with his Bulldogs jersey on that had been living in Germany for... Uh, um, uh, for three years, and it was quite funny because he said, oh, I bought my brother-in-law, three brother-in-laws with me. And I said, oh, right, do they know anything about the game? And he goes, no, but they're about to. <laughs> so <laughs> there were three guys from Germany <laughs> tagging on with the brother-in-law who convinced them to come to Vegas, obviously for a good time as well, but he was taking them to the football for the first time. And, um, and he showed them, obviously, clips of what the game was about in the lead-up and uh, had a quick check. Uh, chat to them, and they were blown away by the physicality of our sport. When are you back? Where uh, are you I'm, now? Hey, are you I'm, still in Vegas? No, I'm still you're in, in LA? Vegas. I'm, no, I'm on Vegas now. I'm just heading to the airport, so I've got a flight. Um, I've got a flight from Vegas to LA, and then I get a flight tonight from LA. So I arrive back in Australia tomorrow morning. So um, I'll be back in the studio. What's on Sunday over here? So yeah, Monday. So I'll be back on Wednesday morning. Beautiful. Tuesday stuff. morning. Tuesday morning. We're back on here Wednesday morning. Beautiful stuff, mate. Well, safe travels. Thanks for checking in, and uh, looking forward to getting the um, the off air stories off you too. As well. <laughs> <laughs> well, there would be plenty of them. There was a lot of uh, a lot of people around. There was so many people over here that you knew. And actually, I ran into a bloke that knew you. You know, he played with you at East, and I can't remember his name. But he told me lots of stories about you, so I'll have to delve into that <laughs> when we get home. Shock me. I'll have to check your source there. <laughs> but I will say this, guys. It, it was uh, such a success over here. Um, the place is, well, obviously all the Aussies are buzzing, and the stadium was rocking last night. Um, the NRL should be 
very, very proud of what they produced last night. I think it was as good an event as I've been to, a sporting event. Um, and I think we're just because we're so patriotic when we see things done well here um, and overseas, you, you just get the feeling that, that yeah, it's going to be pretty special and it'll be a, a success. I, I think, you know, the longer they keep coming here, the more people continue to see it. I think at some point, look, it's never going to be uh, NFL but at some point, people over here will start to watch the game. I think uh, a lot of us had FOMO yesterday, mate. Uh, thanks for checking in. Safe travels. See you Wednesday. Good on you, boys. I'm off to the airport now. Great Check stuff. Check in soon. Morning, John. How are you? G'day, fellas. How you going? Yeah, very well, mate. Good to speak to you. What's yeah. doing? Have you got a hero and villain? Yeah, I've got a hero and villain, mate. Just got back from a, the overseas holiday. Went and watched Wolves a couple of times. and Fantastic, mate. Except the only two games I went and watched them. We're the only two games they've lost at home since last September. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so you, 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 it's obviously your fault. You'll take the blame? No, nah, I won't take the blame, mate. <laughs> yeah, I was there for that classic game against Manchester United. I don't know if you've watched it when United won 4-3. Ah, Pengilly. Yeah, yeah, last, last, game, last game United won, John, probably. Yeah. Close to the last one they won. Probably, right. And also, at the hotel I stayed at, have a listen to this, Clarkie. Uh, I got on well, real well with the management over there, and the manager came up and said, you're Australian, you must love the cricket. And I said, I do. He said, guess who's staying here tomorrow night? I said, who? He said, Sir Clive Lloyd. So I got to meet Clive Lloyd, and uh, they, oh, I got an invitation to his uh, sportsman night at the Stourbridge Cricket Club over oh, there good. in the West Midlands, which was which was absolutely fantastic. But it was great. Oh, it was really oh, great. Oh, Top bloke. Yeah, he's a yeah. great guy. Yeah. Heroes and villains. Uh, heroes, Luke Brooks. I thought he was outstanding yesterday, fellas, in his first game with Manly. I made a prediction. I reckon he'll play Origin within two years. Wow. Yep. I reckon he could even be the Origin 5-8 this year. That's, that's how well I think he's going to uh, expand his game at Manly. You could you could, you could could see just yesterday, well, picking his moments, he was absolutely brilliant, I thought, at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't think, of, think, couldn't think of a villain, really, so I'll go the old Chester England cricket team, mate. Even when I was over there, even their own fans reckon they talk too much. I'll try to Love it. Good on you, John. Good to speak to you. Yes, Glad you enjoyed Thanks. your trip. Uh, we got Sean. Hi, Sean. How are we? Good, mate. What's mate, doing? Hero and villain. Mate, my hero this week is Cameron Hart. Yeah, uh, harness drove, driver, flying. Mate, he, he, he drove four again on Saturday night at Menangle, including the winner of the Chariots of Fire. Yeah. Mate, young, he's only like what, 24, 25 years old. He'll be a Hall of Famer. Without a shadow of a doubt, that guy will be, when he retires, he'll be, he might even take, he might overtake Alpha for the most drive, most winners. Who knows? So the guy's a freak. Um, he's my hero. Go for and it. my villain this week is Channel 9. Now, here was a chance for them to, to showcase our game in all its glory. And I know Fox Sports got the rights, and I understand that. But, mate, why could they just do both games on both networks, on both like Peter and, and pay-per-view, and just split the profits? Like, how hard would that be? I don't think that's necessarily Channel 9's fault. It just comes yeah, down know, to that, the yeah. vagaries of the broadcast. I'm not sure Fox would want that either, would they? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, I, yeah, I mean, for that situation being unique, I'm not sh- quite sure how it all played out from a, you know, how, how it worked as far as the rights deal is concerned. But... I take your point, but I don't think it's necessarily Channel Nine's fault that. But thank you, Sean. Appreciate it. No Sh- Thanks, mate. Uh, Shane, how are you? G'day, Shane. Hey, all right. Um, look, uh, I've got a hero and villain, but I must must admit I was a bit disappointed in the welcome poor Kent got back to the NRL 360. I mean, where was the marching band? Where was the balloons? Where was the high fives? The cake? I mean, Kenty's back. Don't they understand that? We love Kenty. And straight off the bat. He said all semi-finals should be in Sydney. He just, he, Kenty just puts it out there. Um, my hero, boys, is the NRL for putting this on in Vegas. I hope the storm go next year. I'll be there with bells on. Fantastic. Then and the villains are the narcs that all last week. The size of the field. The size of the field. Please just shut up. It was a great game, and the size of the field had no effect. Yeah, it didn't in the end, really, did it? So great footy. No, it was good to watch. Good on you, Shane. Thanks for the for the call and your nominations. And I've got to get your heroes and villains, fellas, too, by the way. Uh, uh, Pup, what have you got Excuse for me. Us? I'm going, yeah, heroes are the NRL um, for just a wonderful round one or start a round one 
um, over in Vegas, and there was so much criticism and or maybe doubt more than criticism. So I think everybody um, would have to say that it certainly worked. Uh, and the Waratahs, we bag him in here. Mate, we bag the Wallabies and the Waratahs. They were nine dollars <laughs> heavy. So well under the Waratahs, massive win. So they're also my heroes, and I've got no villain for today at this stage. No villain, Clarky. Well, give me a minute, and I'll think of one. But no, nah, I've woken up glass half full. Okay, that's good. Uh, <laughs> everyone's going to say NRL in Vegas, you know, so that's fair enough. I'm going to go a little bit left field. Hannah Green, great win in Singapore. Wasn't Won it? the LPGA event in Singapore yesterday. She's had a big few months, got married to her longtime partner, Jared Felton, professional golfer as well. And she has been a fantastic ambassador for Australian, not only Australian golf, but Australian sport in general for many, many years. My villain, I've got a couple. Um, Jimmy Webster from St Kilda, that bump he ah, did. yeah, he'll be out for a while. He won't be playing for yeah. a very, very long time, yeah. I wouldn't have thought. Lift that was his feet. That was horrific. In the head, yeah. That was terrible. Another, another one I want to just throw up as a nomination. I don't know if you saw this game yesterday. Did you see that under 20s? Uh, Asian Cup match yeah, with, it, involving the young Matildas? Well, it was going to be my villain as well. So this was in Uzbekistan, the young Matildas up against South Korea. And I've just got a picture of the field here for us. Oh, so not, explain to us what was snow. going on here. Uh, the game was played literally on a field was three quarters covered by snow. And it was like watching an under sixes game. They try and pass the ball to go about two meters. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they tried to, well, I don't know what they tried to do there, you know, with the line markings. They've obviously tried to yeah. plow through the snow on the line markings, but it doesn't make much of a difference when <laughs> most that of them, is, that is a snow, joke. Yeah. Did you watch some of the vision? Did you nah, see some of the game? I, no. So I, the, I, I watched a clip of it for 30 oh. seconds, and it was literally like watching under sixes. I kicked the ball, and it'd go like two metres, and then I'll just huddle around it again. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, here we go. And what about when they had a free kick in the snow? <laughs> so you, in the snows, like that's, what? No, I don't know, like 15 centimetres probably deep? Oh, yeah, incredible stuff. All right. Yeah, that's poor. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Who, who gets the blame for that? The AFC. AFC. Yeah. Let's just blame the AFC. Okay. A- Asian F- Football Confederation. How can you play a game yeah. like that in a in a, a prestigious Ridiculous. tournament like that? Crazy Good villain. Uh, we've got Mitch for his noms. How are you, Mitch? Morning, fellas. How are we? Very well, mate. What have you got for us? Uh, my hero for the weekend was Nash Rewilla, mate. I think that just... It goes to show that uh, experience is everything and... Uh, he can just he adjusts to the day. What a ride! Just continually shows that he can, uh, you know, teach teach and uh, these young, you know, all these young jockeys and uh, I guess punters that you know what it might be a dollar thirty favourite, but he can still get a beat. Yeah, he pinched the brake on the inside, didn't he? On think it over, and it was just too good. Uh, what about your uh, villain? My villain, I thought the Randwick track was, I thought it was pretty, pretty average dishing that up. And I mean, don't get me wrong, like, I would not want to be a curator at all. It would not be my, it would not be my first choice of job. But I think as punters, I mean, when you're looking at a day and you're going through the form and I guess, you know, you've got people who put early bets on and do it, do, do all of that, however they might do it. But, you know, when the inside, what, Three, three lanes, four lanes, uh, just quicksand. Oh, it just—it's no good for anyone. Take your point. It's a tough gig, and yeah, naturally on the day we got to adjust as punters to what's going on. But certainly you sympathise for those betting early. But you know, this is uh, this is life as a punter, isn't it? Yeah, it wasn't a good look, you know, in the last, was it, with Fearson coming right down the outside fence? He was literally scraping the paint on the outside rail. You could have. If you're in the front row of the crowd there on the GA, you could have put your hand over the rail and probably, you know, <laughs> touched a few jockeys. It, 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 it wasn't a good look. I, I would, I know it's been discussed for a while. I mean, I'd love to see a proper renovation at Randwick and the course proper. Um, I know it's going to take a long time to, to do it, but the track, the curators do a great job with that track, but it, it, mm. it's, it's old, it's tired. I, I, I would love to see him have a, put, invest a lot, a lot of money into that track take it offline for 12, 18 months and come back with a brand new surface. But that takes a lot of planning, takes a lot of foresight and takes a lot of money. So I'm not quite sure if that will happen. Uh, Lots of texts here for heroes and villains this morning. $100 gift card to give away as well as a BSB prize pack. Uh, 
Morning, guys. I have to send this early because I'm about to start driving and can't use my phone. Hero, the New Zealand cricket team, for losing the game so quickly, I could watch the footy uninterrupted. <laughs> Very thoughtful of them. Uh, Villain none. The sport was just too good with the racing cricket footy and my football multi getting up. A great weekend. Good on you, Sandra, uh, for sending that one through. Uh, Chook from Oakdale. Hero, Luke Brooks. Great start to his manly career. Uh, <clears throat> Villain. Brett from Penrith wins tickets to Kembla Grange in the Punters Pavilion with a tip on Wednesday, and it gets scratched. Wow. Oh, well, I don't think it was scratched at the time. <laughs> uh, hero, Manly, Villain, Broncos, Curly at Mackay. I, I don't have any heroes, just villains. First is Steve Smith. He's got to go. <laughs> Jake from Canberra, really? Wow. <laughs> Jay for Gamera has been on. Uh, he's got something against Steve Smith. My second villain is Spencer Lenu um, for using an alleged Rachel slur against Ezra Mayer. Well, we've got to be careful on that, Jay from Canberra, because you know, it hasn't been proven yet. Uh, but uh, that's your opinion. But uh, that's certainly the allegation that Ezra Mayer made. So we wait to see what comes out of that, no doubt, uh, investigation. Well, the match review will look at it, and no doubt it'll head to the judiciary. Uh, don't forget to mention now, I, I'm big on this actually, Gary at Wadalbu. Mentioned Walsh's shot, shoulder charge cheap shot. Got off light or is he protected? Uh, okay, so what's he supposed to do? What is he supposed to do? Is that, is that a genuine intent with a shoulder charge or is that a bloke trying to stop a try? He's just trying to stop a try, Mido. We all know that. He's running at high speed. Two players are so, coming almost... So, almost a, Perpendicular to each other. So what? What? What is he supposed to do? I don't know. What? Not? Not try and stop the try. So now we go. Oh no! Because you're going to probably get yourself in a position where you're going to hurt the bloke. You can't try and stop the try. You go against every instinct you've had as a football player your whole life. Mm. Oh, I can't stand that rule. Well, what, is it, it's a Billy Slater. And rule, where does he get his arm out? Like, well, at what point? Because you've got to get in tight and get your shoulder in there, as mm. we all know. Mm. So what? So you don't try and stop the try because you'll get suspended or sent off. Just let him score. I don't know, Mido. It's a tough one. It's ridiculous. It's a tough one. I, I, I and I, I had no skin in the game. I'm not a Brisbane fan. I didn't no. have a bet on the game. Did I you? bet I I backed Manly in the early <laughs> game. So I was. I was Happy with that and just enjoyed the second game. Yes. <laughs> um, but oh, I just hate the rule. I, I, you can't make that black and white a try scoring situation. You can't. No, no. He, he was just doing what he thought was best for his team, obviously. He's running at an extremely high speed, trying to stop a guy who's a much bigger body, and he's just bracing for contact. Now, in my opinion, I think that should be okay. It should be legal. What of he did should, it should be, be fine. But, but if he gets him in the head, there should be consequences. Yep. Though. Okay, I can cop that. Are you okay with that? I, I can cop that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think but that he didn't I, get him in the head. No, he didn't. That's why I'm saying it should be okay. He, he did. Yeah, it was an incredible tackle. It was a try-saving tackle. Yeah, we sh- we should be applauding that athleticism and desperation to mm. to get over there and stop that try. But it's very hard to oh, have a shade ridiculous. of grey. Have a shade of grey, Mido. When they when we want the game to be officiated black and white. That's how the NRL sort of sees it sometimes. So mm. yeah, but I was okay with it for the record. Uh, morning, boys. Heroes, Nick Maddinson, three tons in three Shield games, coming back after his ACL. Villain is uh, the team that keep clearing Pukowski. I think the kid is done. That's Ringers saying that, but that was an awful situation yesterday, yeah, Pup. Horrible, man. Uh, he retired hurt. He was hit by a Riley Meredith bouncer in the Sheffield Shield match between Victoria and Tasmania. Uh, it, it, he just sort of ducked into it. It wasn't that short of delivery. Yeah, I watched the I watched it this morning because um, I just wanted to check, firstly, how it hit Will, but I wanted to look at his prelim movement, and it looks like now he's he's trying to go back and across before the ball's bowled, which probably gives him a bit more time and puts him in in a good position um, to play short pitch bowling. But he's still got a little forward press and. As he presses forward, it's because of the line of the ball. It, it, it wasn't that short, but it was angling back into him. So he just, yeah, he, oh, it, mate, it's it's not a good one. He, he ducks into it. Mm. It hits him flush and hits him hard. I hope he's okay. Um, and, yeah, that's uh, it's, it's not nice to see that. But I, I don't know. With his setup, 
I, I don't know if there's anything else. Like, I don't know how he gets out of the way of that. I, I watched it like five or six times, and I feel like because of his body position, his feet position, all he can really do there is take on that ball and try and pull or hook it. But it's quite quick. Like, it hit him hard. So if you miss it, it's going to hit you in the head. If you try and duck, it's going to hit you in the head. I, the angle doesn't allow him. He's not in a position to sway out of the way of it as well, to stay inside the line because it's angling back in at him. Um, oh, yeah. I, look, it, 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 that's a nasty. that's a nasty hit. How much longer can this go on, Clark? It just, it just can't keep going on like oh, yeah, this. Yeah, but mate, I, like, I, can you imagine? Like, I, I, I want to be really careful because that's the last thing I want to say. Like, I feel yeah. for Will, mm. and and you don't ever want to see someone's career. Um, I, I would hate for someone to, you know, to have that conversation about me when I was playing. Yeah, like an ex-player sit there and say, you know. My career should be out. Well, I'm not in Will's shoes. I, I haven't. Mm. I'm not. I don't. I've spoken to Will a few times, like more just to check if it's how he's going, if he's mm. doing all right, or let him know that you know we're all here to support him any way we can. Um, and I think that's all we can do. I think I, I'd like to hope, and I'm very confident there's experts making these decisions. Mm. And Will would be, you know, he's an intelligent young man as well. He would be in, in conversation with the experts. I would imagine they've had lots of scans. So I, I, I think it's a, I think anyone making comments in and around a young man or a young woman's career mm. to sit back here and, you know, on a radio show and say, oh, look, He's been hit too many times. I, I think that's very naive for me to say that. So I want to be very careful as well. And like I say, he's Will's a, a huge talent. There's no doubt about it. In my opinion, he's got the potential to play all three forms for Australia. Mm. But like everyone else, I care about his health and safety first and foremost. Mm. So whatever needs to happen there comes first. Mm. And then I'd love to see him live out his dream. Mm. Watching the footage, my instant feeling is, Wow. That has hit him so hard. I hope he's okay. Mm. Like he's not certain on his feet when he gets up. Mm. He gets helped off. To, he walks off slowly, but you can tell it's he's groggy, mate. It's not him. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. that that could happen to like if I if that hits me, I've never been hit in the head. If that hits me like that, mm. you get up like that. You know, I remember mm. Mornay Morkel got me, um, and it what a lot of it's the shock as well of being hit that hard. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's obviously concern. Like I've said it before, I feel like any time Will gets hit in the helmet, mm. even if it's a clip, they're going to have to take him from the field mm. to be extra safe. They're going to have to monitor him him closer than they would somebody else. So I feel like he needs some time just not getting hit in the helmet. He probably needs 12 months of... Not playing. Well, no, not necessarily not playing, but he can't afford to get hit in the helmet. Yeah. You know, because the perception's... Exactly like what we're talking about. Well, it's like now. rugby league players, right? You see guys who've had a history yeah. of concussions, and yep. we just you, you see it one more time, and you, you, you don't want to see it. You just That's, don't want to see I it. Know. You I know, know, you know the backstory, you know the, the yeah, history, know. and yeah. Well, I hope he is okay, and then whatever else comes from after that, to me, is that stage two. Mm. Stage one is let's just make sure he's he's healthy, he's okay, um, and he recovers. Because, like I say, no matter no matter how many times you've been hit in the head, watching that footage. If you get hit like oh, that, it was sickening yesterday. Mate, it, it, was, it was terrible yesterday to watch that. It, it got him proper, yeah. So, and again, thank God for helmets. <clears throat> Honestly, yeah. Thank God. Can you can you imagine back in the day when? Well, we did. We saw blokes get hit um, without helmets, and it mm. was broken jaws or mm. you know carried off the field. So, thank God for helmets. But yeah, I just I hope he's okay. Joshy Reynolds, morning, mate. How are you? Morning, boys. How are we? Very well, thank you. And uh, just watching it over there in the States yesterday, what stuck out for you about the Vegas experience? Oh, just everything. It was amazing just to see our game on the big world stage. And I wonder if those people who were who were bagging, bagging it still are. It was, um, it was so good to see, boys. I just... Um, Everyone got involved, and you know, I'm not sure of the viewing uh, from the people in the States or whatnot yet, but you know, I'm sure it was great. The games are awesome. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought it was a, a win for everyone, mate. And, yeah, the games themselves were... See, the first one was quick. It started off really, really fast, really brutal. And, yeah, it was... Manly were great. My, my little mate Luke Brooks was on fire. So good to see. And, 
The one thing I will say, though, is I think South will be a totally different team when when Campbell Graham uh, comes back into the side and Jack Whiten. So, yeah, it, it was an interesting one for South. I thought they, they thought they were probably going to you know, go on with the win when they were in front there. But um, the one thing I, I realised with Manly, and I'm not sure if you boys thought the same thing, was, gee, they threw the ball around in their own half. Or just a bit of a a different side, and it was, it was really good to watch. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Josh, about the footy. What did you make? Again, I asked Loz earlier this morning, the, a lot of talk before the game about the size of the ground, but I thought we saw some great open footy. Yeah, absolutely, Clarkie. It was, um, you know, I, I suppose that was everyone's little little bit of fear that we had about the actual field, but that definitely wasn't happening, you know, and teams were still going around, you know, Latrell yeah. uh, threw a couple of nice balls to the to the wingers, one not so nice. Um, but yeah, it, it was great to watch. I, I honestly can say it was um, it was everything I thought thought it would be, and and the first, especially that first game, they they went after each other and. I really, you know, I've said it before uh, earlier, I really think Manly are going to be a threat this year. I really do. Uh, and exactly what I thought happened happened with Luke. It just freed him up and every single time he had the ball, he was a threat. So I think they're going to be, be tough, to, tough to beat. But at the same time, I think South will, will find their groove and Latrell was un, unstoppable. I, I don't know how you bump off, you know, one of the best defenders <laughs> in the modern era. So... He'll be great this year, and, and those two teams really set the platform. Josh, just, just back on Luke Brooks for a minute. What does that do for his mindset, having such a, a first yeah first game, such a positive for him over there in Las Vegas? Oh, everything, mate. Honestly, it's it, it's it's big. It's big to start well. I, I really do believe that. You know, he's sort of come out there, and he, he would have been nervous. I know he had some great, um, a great trial form, but in saying that, when it comes to you know the bright lights, and there are no brighter lights than, than the big Vegas field. But yeah, it, it'll be huge. The one thing I have spoken to him about over this preseason is just how much you know Turbo has an effect on his game. He just says he just doesn't have to be the man anymore, like he was at the Tigers for all those years, and he just needs to do his job and do his role and do all the little things that he does well. And that's what I feel is his running game. He, he blitzed them yesterday. Every time he took the line on, he. He looked like he was only going to make a little half line break. And I think if that's all he has to do, he's happy with that. You know, he'll add a couple of little short kicks into his into his game and, and be in the game a little bit more. But, yeah, very good start. And he'll be extremely pleased with that. What about the fullbacks, mate? There was lots of talk about all four teams having stellar fullbacks. But Tedesco was, was certainly the standout, wasn't he? Oh, Clark, it it's crazy how people still constantly talk about how Tedesco, Tedesco's done. He was he competed on every single play. If you watch that game back again, every single kick chase, Teddy nearly got a bat back for his team, and that's it's probably not a big play that everyone watches um, and and says, "Oh, what a game he had!" But just being in the picture, and he really stood up yesterday. He probably would have ran for one eighty to one ninety meters, uh, set up that try right at the end, and you know I, I think someone said call for a position change throughout the week and. It's just madness, mate. So I'm so glad he had a great game too. Uh, Reese Walsh looked pretty pretty electric, Clarky. Yeah. I think he was, um, you know, solid without being great. They they took care of him. The Roosters they they had a really good. Roosters defence was unreal. That's the one thing that you know Trent Robertson has come out and said that they had to, I suppose, improve for this year to to be a top four team. And and they were and their defence was really good. I think their pack's going to be very scary with Hargraves coming back. They just, they'll just be manhandling teams. And when you've got guys like Joey Manu who just decides to drift left and right and throw passes like that, they're going to be a very, very hard team to stop, boys. Obviously, the Roosters are very good. But where do you feel the Broncos fell short yesterday, Josh? You know, I just thought they were a bit flat. I don't know. I, they didn't have that. So last year, Carrigan and Haas, every single game they went after the, the front rowers. But I feel it might be a bit of second, you know, second year syndrome of they they got they got hunted yesterday, and it was it was very different to see. I, I just feel their game breakers couldn't really get into the game. Um, you know, Walsh had some had some nice moments, but guys like Katoni Staggs, he just couldn't. He, last year he was beating people one on one a lot. Um, 
and just couldn't do it yesterday. But look, it is it is the first game uh, of the year, and and they will find their feet. They were still in the game and they didn't play great. Um, I thought they were a little bit impatient as well, to be honest. A few seven tackle sets where, yeah, they probably could have come up with a couple of different options, but dribbled them into the in into the in goal. And look, I know that the in goals were a bit small, but yeah, I just thought they were a bit of a different Broncos team. But look, definitely not write them off yet because there was a couple of moments there where they just went bang bang and that's what they've done to teams last year they just blew them off the park so all in all it was a big win for the Roosters and and, and a great start for them Josh is going to be talking about teams rotating going to Vegas next year Um, I'd imagine you probably want the Bulldogs to go in 2025 and (laughs) are you going to lead the supporters are you going to lead the supporters tour over there next year well look uh, our great leader Aaron Warburton was over there this year, and I tried to go with him. I just said, look, mate, I can be there with you. I'm going to be there with you every step of the way. But, yeah, it wasn't meant to be. But, yeah, look, it's, uh, it was awesome. Um, as I said before, boys, I, I honestly think it was it was great to watch. I just couldn't believe it. It was, you know, the Super Bowl was played there, you know, a, a month ago. And, and here, here are we playing there, you know, a, a little game in, in, in little Australia on the big stage. And I, I just love to see it, so... Hopefully we can keep going there for, for many years to come. And, yeah, a few other teams get to experience that. Love to see you in the studio with Pup and I tomorrow morning too, mate. We'll catch you then. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> man. I'll see you there. See you, Thanks, boys. He won his fourth Group 1 on Saturday in the surround stakes on Tropical Squall for Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott. Great to have him on the show. Adam Hieronymus, Hippo, morning. How are you? Good morning, boys. What did that one mean? Yeah, it's great. Obviously, every group one's fantastic, but um, she's a, she's a really good filly, and um, it was good to see her come back in in the fashion that she she's come back in. You've had a bit to do with this horse, Adam, over the over the years. Obviously, you won the Group One honour in the in the Flight Stakes back in the spring. Were you expecting such a forward showing? I suppose first up um, on the weekend, the Surround Stakes. Yeah, I was. I was very confident. Um, yeah, she's a, she's a good horse, um, but she's been coming along. Very well. Um, my only worry was the track conditions on the day, um, but very confident going into the race, and yeah, she delivered well. Sounds like the Coolmore Classics possibly next, but even the Doncaster has been thrown up there as an option. What's what can you get down to, Adam? What's as low as you can go? Uh, probably fifty-five sees me out. I'd say. Yeah. Um, my weight's been good recently, and I have ridden. Uh, 55 the last couple of weeks, but um, yeah, that sees me out. Obviously, you, you know, you were taken off Storm, boys, so I guess that gives you a bit of extra, you know, satisfaction considering all that. Uh, yeah, look, it is what it is. I, I don't look at it like that. I'm just there to, to do my job. Obviously, I rode Prost in that race, um, and I'll ride him in the Golden Slipper, and he went fantastic on the day. Okay. Um, but, yeah, just to be able to ride such a a nice horse in Tropical Squirrel was good and I'm very pleased we were able to get the job done. Adam, we know how much work you do with Gay and Adrian and the Tullock Lodge stable. We've just been marvelling at their two-year-olds this season. It's been phenomenal to see them almost week after week just winning races. What's it been like working with a few of these juveniles at home and is the stable sort of known for a while they've had such an outstanding two-year-old crop coming through this season? Oh, definitely. Um, they come in very early so, um, you know, it, these ones that stand out, they show show their ability early, um, and it's about mapping a path, which Gay and Adrian do perfectly. Um, but it starts well before then. Then it starts the yearling sales for Gay and Adrian, and obviously they're picking the right horses and buying the right horses, or being given the right horses to train, which which suits them. Um, but this year, the horses, um, yeah, there's been so many of them that have shown good ability and they haven't they haven't let anyone down they've, they've they've taken the right steps and nothing's been a problem for them and everything's gone gone so well um thus far so hopefully that can keeps continuing it's still um what is it three weeks to go to the slipper so it's still it's that's still a long time with the two-year-olds but um very pleasing with how they're going did you allow yourself a little celebration Saturday night, Hippo? Uh, most definitely. Good it's, important to, it's important to celebrate. That's what we want. What about coming up in the next week or so? We're 
is there something you're jumping on the back of of we need to keep an eye on? Uh, I'll ride the Vampires in the um, in the Ramwick Guineas this okay. Saturday. Um, but going forward, I think I'll be able to ride um, Tropical Squall next start. She'll get my weight now in the Coolmore um, after winning the race Saturday. Um, but then obviously looking forward to riding Prost in the Golden Slipper. Great stuff. Yeah. What do you make of Prost, Hippo? Is he, is he a chance of causing a boil over in a few weeks? I know it's still a while to, to get to the race. He's got to hold together, but... We also seem to be talking about Storm Boy as you know, clearly the, the superior two-year-old at the moment, but funny things have happened in racing, haven't they? Oh, definitely. And I, yeah, I think I'm on a live chance to win it. Um, I just like the way he goes about his job. He, he has good speed out of the gates, and if you want to use that, that, that can be used. But I like the way that he comes back to me when, I'm, when asked, like the, the way he raced Saturday and also in the Breeders' Plate. Um, asking to come back, he settles well. He can settle in any position, which I really like heading towards the race because um, you know if he wants to draw an outside draw, we can use him to get into a position. But ideally, I'd love to draw a soft gate and and be behind the speed or a little bit worse um, and let the pressure go. And I think we can finish off um, really well in a race like that. And he showed that on on Saturday. Um, I did think I was a little sniff there at the at the 300, but um, just went too slow in the race to to make up that uh, difference of two lengths uh, down the running. But going to a high pressure race like the Golden Slipper, if he can sit midfield or or um, just behind the speed, no reason why he can't win it. Yeah, another one of Gay and Adrian's high class two year olds is Lady of Camelot. We saw you ride her in the in the Blue Diamond. Last week, uh, what have you made of her progression? Any chance of, sh- of of her bobbing up at all in the in the autumn carnival for the rest of the rest of the carnival? Yeah, definitely. I look. I, I have to give her good credit after after that. There's a lot more depth to the uh, filly than I probably first thought um, early on. But this preparation, what she's shown, she's shown that she has furnished and strengthened up and taken the next step. Um, and she was good heading to Melbourne strong at the 1200 um, obviously things didn't go our way down there but um, yeah I can't see it being a problem she'll go straight to the slipper so I can't be, see it being a problem um, you know her running a good race in the golden slipper or, or something else that pops along this preparation for her well well done again hippo on the group one and uh, go well the rest of the carnival Beautiful. Thank you. Good on you, mate. Adam Hieronymus there. Storm Boy for the Golden Slipper Market, $2.30. $2.30. Can you remember a shorter slipper favourite three weeks out? I mean, it's hard to think of one, isn't it? trying to think of that. What was Piero all those years oh, ago? He yeah. would have been short leading into the slipper, <laughs> yeah. wouldn't he? Um, yeah. yeah, it's hard to think of one off the top of your head. He's He looks like such uh, a superior Overreach tier. was pretty short. Yeah, she Overreach was. Overreach got very short, actually. Yep, yep. Uh, and then got out on race day. We'll have to check I the think, record books. Yeah. Um, so two thirty Storm Boys, Straight Charge Switzerland, both at eight dollars. Espionage nine, Lady of Camelot thirteen, Shangri La Express thirteen. Interesting. So he's locked into Prost, even though he rode Lady of Camelot, mm-hmm. uh, which was runner up in the Blue Diamond, and Prost is a seventeen dollar chance currently. So there you go. Maybe something to read into that. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like they can have Gay and Adrian potentially could have. Six, maybe seven in a slipper. It's going to need some riders. Yeah, they need some riders, don't they?